Hey, what's up, you guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to Sincerely Lee and Ray. I am LaDerek Riel. I'm Aaliyah. And today we are going to be talking about creating our own black history. Yes. And we also have some special guests. Of course, we have Mr. Mo in the building. Yo, what up, folks? We have Sir Carlton <laughs> in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, and we ma'am. also have TQ. Okay. And like Rayel said, we're going to be talking about creating our own black history. But before we get started, we want to thank you for tuning in. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe because we see y'all hogging it to yourself. So share it to your loved ones. Yes, please leave off season one and join us in season two. And if you started on this episode, that's okay. Listen to it through, but go back and check out our other episodes because they're pretty exciting as well. Creating our own black history is Black History Month. Even though they gave us the shortest month, it's the best month, period. Okay? It's the month of love. It's the month of being prosperous. This is the month for us to start over. Because I know, you know, in January, we had some residue from that nasty 2020. So, we're just going to say Happy New Year today. <laughs> and give y'all that chance to restart and start letting yes. off those Black History goals. So, we say that to say, you know, we're, we're kind of, I think our generation is a generation to break generational you know, um, curses. Yeah, absolutely. And so, in my family, you know, my biggest generational curse to break is having a child and marrying the second person's father. So, my biggest goal in my life to break and to make black history in my family is to marry the person and to have all my kids with this one person. That's definitely no shade to everybody. I love my family, but I want to break that generational curse so that the women and the men in my family know that it's okay to take your time and to sow your oats with the person that you want to be with for the rest of your life. So that's probably one of my biggest goals. I've been making sure that I stay true to that here goal and I plan on staying true to that goal. So I think we should go around the circle, share one goal at a time because I think any goal that we have, it might hit on a goal that another person has. So outside of that personal goal, one of my career goals is to graduate because right now, I'm getting this PhD, honey, and it's beating my booty, okay? So I think graduating definitely is my next Black History goal because nobody in my family has that DR. And so I'm here to set the tone and let them know, like, it's achievable. You can do it. And I'm 26. I'll have it by the time I'm 27. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's probably one of my Black History goals is to make that DR in my family. What about you, Rayel? Um, I would definitely say my personal goal is to be wealthy. Like, I want to have multiple streams of income and just continue to be the best me that I can be. No one in my family, like, they all are settled on one career. This is what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And they don't really think outside of the box. They don't think of, okay, I can do this while I'm doing this. Right. And while I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I can do this. They think of, okay, this is your career. This is what you're going to do today you die or today you retire. And that's that. Right. Um, so my goal for myself is to be myself and to be the one that's outside of the box that does whatever he okay, wants to do. Okay, bo- out of the yes. box. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mom? Yeah, for you, Mom. Yeah, what's you. your black history goal in your family or just for you? Um, so for my family is teaching them to be just financially stable. Same. I, I wasn't taught that growing, uh, growing up as a kid at all. What does it mean to be financially stable like, to you? Under the whole umbrella, there's like credit, money management, 
you know, um, just everything. So for me, it was like I just like messed up money all the time. Okay. My credit was bad. You know what I'm saying? So now, right? Like, just things you weren't taught, like you right? Said. So yeah. now I'm getting it together, but it's like my kids would have to go through that. Like you know, when you get your first car. Heavy kid co-signed in the car. So the yeah. started credit at 16 years old. Absolutely. That's very You know, smart. so that was me. I, I never had some of my kids to have that. And for me, like for me personally right now, as, as far as my career, is just matching this LSAT that's coming up. Yeah. Go to law school and then become a, an attorney. That's so huge. That's, 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 yeah, that, that's my goal. Ready to be a, um, house husband? A house husband. No, but I'm doing <laughs> that. We're not doing that. He got to keep his job. Right. I mean, I'm going to keep my job, but maybe I ain't paying bills. <laughs> His money is for vacation. My money is my money, and his Whatever. money is also my money. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> and that's why oh. no. Mary had a motherfucking little lamb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Little oh lamb. no, <laughs> that's that's my main goal right now. Right now, I'm looking at anything else but just being becoming, financially yeah, stable. Yeah, becoming an attorney and yes. stable. That's it. That's, yeah. that's on my plate. Listen, okay, Sarah Carlton, what are you saying? What's one of your black history goals? My black history goals is along the lines of financial freedom for my kids. I do plan on having children. That generational wealth is important. Generational wealth. And financial freedom along the lines of inheritance. Yes. Leave something behind. Yes. And I see my parents right now at a very late stage trying to ensure inheritance for myself and my sister. And my brother. Okay. And, um... I just want to make sure that I start now. I'm not going to wait until I'm old. Yeah. My parents have definitely waited. And I think they've set a good little... Nest egg. Nest egg. But it's not really like a nest piece of caviar. Like, got you. Got <laughs> you. Like, they're going to make sure we are, we're happy with what we have when they leave. You know, yeah. with their expenses, they have a little left over. But I have a few strings of income. Absolutely. And I'm going to make sure that those strings of income, aside from my nine to five... I'm going to take those assets and make sure that they grow in college funds. Yes. Even if my kids choose to not go to college, they right. have that money. And, like, you know how you have a bridal endowment? Yes. People, you know, people take out loans to get married? Absolutely not. If Ooh. I have a, well, when I have, if I have a guy, a, a woman or a man, yeah. a girl or a boy, I will have an endowment for them when they get married so that they go into their marriage set. Yes, that is, wow, that's amazing. And I will also have life insurance so that. Life insurance is very girl, important. Please. please get life insurance, y'all. My, my personal life insurance will cover my expenses, but I will also have separate insurances so that my kids get. Benefits. And life insurance is also an investment, like period. Like, Absolutely. you know, you can yes. reinvest your life insurance plan like you can reinvest those dividends instead of taking them out you can invest those listen my kids are going to be set because other nationalities mm-hmm. that's how they come up yeah. that's how you see yeah. all these people with money who don't know how to do shit my not only are my kids going to be educated and able to do things and have several streams of income yeah but i'm going to also make sure that they don't have to do that right but i'm going to make sure that they do yeah so you're going to have your money and you're going to have my money. Yeah. And that's how you create, you break those general generational curses. Yes. You know, Nas wrote his daughter on every song. He um, listed her as one of the writers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So she gets money um, from every song that he's ever written. Absolutely. So that, I definitely agree. Perpetual People don't money. think yeah. about that. People don't think about that. The fact yeah, that just, just like because. 
What's his name? DJ Kelly and his son. Yeah. He made his son the executive producer. Right. So you have to think about that. Like you definitely do. What'd you say, TQ? What's one of your black history goals? My black history goal, I would say to Leave a Because forgiveness is not. It's not easy. It's not for them. No. It's for you. So you have to. I I feel like that's some personal. I'm working on. That's a good Black history though, because I think. I mean, I don't know about other races. I can't speak for them, but I know Black people. It's sometimes it's hard for us to forgive, and not even forgive other races, but forgive people that are around us. Like you really like not having forgiveness really does hold you back. Because it's like a black cloud over you and you're trying to like move forward, but you haven't dealt with that past trauma. Right. So you really do have to address that. I definitely think forgiveness is huge for sure. I definitely agree. I wanna touch on that forgiveness okay. topic because my friends swear that I'm just super forgiving. I am the friend that says that he is super forgiving. He <laughs> but is. for me, like, people don't understand where that mentality has come so from. So tell us then, right So, now. like, I don't talk about my relationship with my dad a lot because I have before and it has caused a lot of family turmoil. Not that I gave a fuck about it, but <laughs> it's just for me to not have to deal with that, I just choose not to talk about it. But... When you forgive someone, you're not forgiving them for the benefit of them. Right. You're forgiving them because you just want to move on from the situation. It is what it is. Whatever happened, happened. And you're moving on to do whatever. If you're going to be cool with this person again, that's fine. If you're going to forgive this person for doing whatever they did to hurt you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think as like as a, as a race, we hold grudges yeah. a lot. And then not only does that hurt us in that generation, that teaches our kids to do the same yes, thing. It does. So now we're all hating each other for shit that we don't even know why we hate each other. So for. don't. And it'd be years later and you like, why don't I like him? Like I I've never to this day Absolutely. have understood like why okay, so where I'm from, I'm from Augusta, you guys know that. Like it's neighborhoods that hate other neighborhoods and I'd be sitting here confused as to like so you hate somebody based off the street they grew up on? Like, right. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, my grandparents lived off this street called Meadowbrook. Mm-hmm. And they used to be for the people that lived off of Barton, uh, Barton Chapel. And I'm just like, so this is the neighborhood they grew up in. This is the neighborhood you grew up yeah. in. And y'all, like, right. y'all hate each other because y'all grew up <laughs> on separate sides of one street. Right. Y'all grew up on separate sh- sides of one street and y'all like, hate each other. It. Yeah. It's like, I can't help where my parents move to. I can't help where they live. Yeah. And it's just like, just forgive and move on. Like, what's yeah. the point of holding that in? Because not only are you going to be a better motherfucker. Yeah. You will, you will teach your kids to be better motherfuckers. That's true. And it's like, 
at some point you just gotta let it go let god move on and live absolutely i want to teach my kids that as well as forgiveness within the family yes and responsibility yes i will not be a parent that if my child confides in me that something has occurred that I will not rectify it within the family. Yes. Because with us as African Americans, we tend to sweep a lot of things under the rug. Yes. Mm-hmm. And try to make it okay. And think that it's gonna be okay for our kids mm-hmm. to live on with that because we don't want to tarnish anyone else. Right. But it's okay to tarnish someone because that person is gonna feel it. Yeah. And learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I will not, because I have cousins, siblings, mm-hmm. that have been through certain things that should not have been swept under the rug. And because they have been swept under the rug, as a child, you're looking at the adult like, bitch, excuse me. Yeah. Can I curse? Yeah. Like, bitch, you don't care about me. Yeah. You don't give a fuck about me. You couldn't, because if you gave, a, you, if you cared about me, you wouldn't have let this happen. Yeah. Not even let it happen, but you wouldn't have let it occur to a point where it has to be swept under the rug. Yeah. Exactly. Because if it has to be swept under the rug, you know it was bad. Yeah. So as a parent, if anybody has the audacity to disrespect me, my children, and my family, you're going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel me, and everybody's going to know. Not yeah. in malice, but in fortitude. Ooh. Because you're going to understand that what you did was wrong. My child was pure, was pure. Mm-hmm. But now you have tarnished that. So now I have to teach my child certain things that I was not ready to teach them, that they mm-hmm. were not ready to learn. But now they have to know so that they can grow forward and be a substantial individual. So I will not break in those generational curses. General curses, child. Because (laughs) African Americans, it seems to be, but it seems to be okay. It's a recurring thing. Yeah. And and even in people I've dealt with, like in relationships, like when you have to be careful with who you mate with, you, you have to mate with their, with them and their family. Yes, because you're not just dating uh-huh. them. Yes, and you have to you tap, are you dating have, their you family. Tap, you have to tap into the generation of curses that they have manifested Woo! over the years because you cannot. You have to make sure that you and your partner are ready to break that. Because make no mistake, you have to know their parents. You have to know their predecessors to know what you're dealing with because when you mate with someone and you want to raise a child with someone you have to know how you're going to deal with things yes and personally i'm going to make sure that my mate and i are fully equipped to break anything because if my child just so happens to have to come into a situation where they're uncomfortable where they've been compromised Mm -hmm. with their innocence i will not let that rest absolutely who it is Right. I agree with that. I definitely could caveat to that, but I think Tiki, did you have something you were gonna say, Brad? Yes. Also, yeah. it's a whole movie out here. Um, and it's Black History Month. The Hate You Give. The Hate You Give um, on Fox. Yeah. Um, it basically was about you know the hate of generational curse that led on to this girl you know and it was just beef that she didn't really understand or know about but she endured that because her family didn't break that curse mm-hmm. so, those norms yeah those regular norms yeah that you definitely right. have to break I 
definitely yeah. agree can with I that. Can I say yeah. that we use the term generational curse very loosely? We mm. do. It's we not do. a generational curse. It's a psychological fuck. Woo! Talk, listen. Talk because about it. This bitch is shaking the table. It's a psychological <laughs> Our ancestors in here like, yes, you are on a right. roll. Yes. Yes. It's a psychological fuck up because as speaking to psychology, you have to deal with things. Like, yeah, you, you, can't, you cannot let things ride. Because when you let things ride, you give it power. Yes. You give it a voice. Yes. When it does not deserve that. And things mind. get way bigger than they need to be. So, again, breaking that. I don't give a damn what it is. Who, even if it's my mama and daddy. Bitch, you won't hear me. Because it's me and my kids. My legacy. Your legacy. I would hope that you would want me to enforce it properly. Because I would right. I think one of mine to add on to what you and TQ said is that in my black history, in my family, I want my children to be able to come talk to me. Yes. Now, we're not friends, yes. so let's not get it twisted. We are not buddy-buddy, but I need you to feel comfortable enough to tell me something and to know that it's something that we can talk about and it doesn't have to be taboo. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. you don't have to feel insecure and feel like, oh, I can't talk to mom about this because this is how we deal with stuff in our family. We don't talk about it. We don't address it. Because that is something that I do see in the black community or maybe just my home to where it's certain things that we just don't talk about. Or certain things that this is just how it goes. Like, no, this is not how it goes. This is going to be addressed. You are going to feel heard. Now, I may not agree with, with what my child says, but we are going to address how you feel because you're a human. At the end of the day, just because they're a child doesn't mean they're not a human doesn't mean they don't have feelings um it doesn't mean what they say is not valid and i want my child to feel heard enough to where they come and talk to me because something um that um rayelle and i talk about in one of our other podcasts is how sometimes children aren't seen as humans so then when they say something it's like oh get out of my face you're not allowed to say that da 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 and then that's when they go into themselves and they talk to what i call their dumbass friends just like when we were younger we had dumbass friends and because certain stuff we couldn't talk to our family about, we talked to our dumbass friends about it. And I call our friends dumb because they weren't equipped with the tools to deal with what the hell we were telling them. Yeah. So I don't want my child to go to their dumbass friend about sex. No, talk to me, the person who's having sex with your father and who's had sex with other people so I can tell you what's up. I would rather you come to me and say, hey, mom, so-and-so wants to do, to do this. I don't understand what this is. I don't want you learning how to have sex from your dumbass friends right. because they're not going to give you the tools you need. I don't want you to talk to your dumbass friends about doing drugs. I don't want my kids doing drugs, but I'd rather them talk to me about it before they do something that's going to ruin the rest of their life, which goes back to this other black history that I want to have with my children that I want to start is telling them my history. I feel like a lot of people learn from your mistakes. When you talk to your friends, you give your friends advice, you're usually coming from a point of, hey, this is what I experienced, so this is why I'm giving you X, Y, and Z advice. So for my children, I also want to be like, hey, this is a dumbass thing that I did back in the day. This is what happened when I did this dumbass thing. I don't want my child to feel like, oh, well, my mom was holier than thou, so she's not gonna understand. And so then my child does some dumbass thing because they think I've never done no baby. I've already done it. So let me tell you, let me tell you what happened when I did it. So then at least you know, okay, 
this, this what my mom said happened to her could happen to me. Right. And, and then now I've opened up a whole new realm of communication that my child feels comfortable talking to me. Like that is probably the biggest thing to me yes, is I yeah. want to be able to tell my child the history. Like I remember I was talking to um, Rayel and Moses about how um, our grandparents didn't tell us about how they dealt with racism. And now I've been reading Cicely Tyson's memoir and it's like, wow, she was 96 when she passed away. God bless her soul. She was an amazing woman. She definitely touched black cinema, just black lives. Like I didn't realize how much, I knew she was a trailblazer, but I didn't realize how much she had, how much she had seen in her life. Like her mom was one of the women in the help, staying on the street, waiting for a white woman to pick her to clean her house. I didn't realize how not far away that was from me. Like I didn't realize that in the 1920s was 100 years ago, but 100 years ago was 100 years ago was not a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Like they make it seem like it was like 500 years ago. Like we were so we're so detached from that happening. And so what I mean by that is like in my life, I want to tell my kids what I dealt with, what racism I may have felt, what inequalities I may have felt, what bullshit I may have felt in the job, um, just in life and relationships, because I want my child to learn from my mistakes. So that certain things, like they're gonna, your child will make their own mistakes. I know I can't help them from doing everything, but me telling them about my history and about what I went through in life is going to help them. Right. Because the fact that we don't know about what our grandparents went through and our great grandparents went through, it's sad. And I understand, our, grand, our grandparents went through it and it was probably traumatic for them. So now all they want is better for us. But them not telling us our history is a detriment to us because we feel like, oh, racism is new because our grandparents, we know it's not new, but it feels new to us because our grandparents didn't tell us how they dealt with it, right. how it affected them, how it changed their lives and now why they push education. We don't know why our grandparents wanted our parents to go to college. We don't know why our grandparents are so happy that we went to college or that we're in whatever careers we are. Like, we don't know why. But if we knew why, I think that would make us even more proud of being where we are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to instill that pride in your family. It started with, with your parents. Yeah. A lot of us, think about it. Do you really know your mom? Like, Period. How she was at 20. Hello, 19. Right, you feel me? Like, I actually sat down and had a conversation with my mom. I'm like, oh, you got to tell me something. Right. <laughs> you got to let me know what's up because I'm a certain way and I'm feeling it came from somewhere. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it's, it, it it comes down, we definitely have to open that communication. Yeah, even if you don't have kids. Pass it on to somebody else's kids. Right. Girl, listen, when I say you hit a nerve if earlier, Girl, be informed. Of Let me tell you why. Being a black gay man, a gay man to a conservative woman as a mother. Out of all of my mother's children, I'm the one that has the most similarities to her as far as like how I deal with things and how I handle men. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like when we talk, when I talk to her about my relationships and how I handle guys and how I do things. Like if I was a woman. I probably might have a kid too. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 or whatever. <laughs> but when we talk about men, we are so similar. Mm -hmm. But how we have these conversations, 
back when I was trying to come out to her when we were little, and she yeah. was trying to resist me because of her conservative upbringing. She was a part of a group, well, not a group, hell, her family. They called them the Holy Roly Kids. Okay? Oh. Well, mama had a child at 19. Mm. So, holy Rolly, are you? Holy Rolly, are you? Listen, right? No, but my mama, like, she, like, she is a, a real ass bitch, give a fuck about a nigga. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, it's me and my kids first. I ain't got no kids, but when I have them, it's gonna be me and them. Yeah. Right? Me, them, and a the daddy if they want to open mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if she would like to be involved. Yeah. But. I'm just that type of guy, like family first. It's because our fa- our parents want so much better for us yeah. that they feel like if they don't tell us their faults, that we'll just take the good that right. we're telling that them, but they don't realize that you're not telling me the bad right. hurts. Right, but my mom, I need to know we, the bad. We've gotten to a point now where we can talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, she's that's powerful. Me, she's giving me the backstory. She's giving me a little bit of like what I need to hear so that I can know how to handle myself. So that I don't yeah. go into the same path yeah. that she went into, especially as a gay man. Going like, crazy. Dealing with, like, I have females, as a, I guess I could say a bisexual man. Yeah. I have females that I deal with mm-hmm. that want families for yeah. me. Oh. And it's like, okay, but can you deal with everything? Yeah. But aside from that, like, my right, mom. Because me and Lee go have a family. But it's, it's very important, like you said, that parents tell kids you need the whole story exactly yeah, the things that they've been through because promise you history repeats itself Woo, history it repeats itself more specifically i've said that twice genetic to my students yeah genetically though emotionally because you the apple doesn't fall too far from the it tree. does it not and shit it happens not. it happens like my god like just because you learned your lesson doesn't you don't need to just tell me the lesson you learned Tell me how you learn that lesson because then I'll be able to recognize when someone is doing something. Ah, my mama told me that when somebody right. do this, this happened. Listen, so now I know how to react when this happened. Who's going to say, Mom? I feel like uh, I broke the generational curse. I'll tell you That's why. That's good. After that. But see, the thing is with that is. I'm going to interject that. Okay. So the thing is that um, for me, mm-hmm. you know, how I took it growing up. Is that they try to be so protective yeah. by how the bad stuff, when re- reality, the bad stuff is going to save you. Yes. Because if I find out the good stuff, okay, like, you know, church every Sunday and doing card work, all that kind of stuff, okay, mm. ooh, that's all I know. So when I see this new stuff, oh, this seems It's fun. exciting, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to do it, and here I am out here looking crazy. Mm-hmm. So now I got to hide this from my parents. Get in trouble and they find out about it. You can just tell me in the beginning, like, hey, this is what, mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So, growing as I got older, I knew the father of my father really was. Yeah. <laughs> and I understood, like, a lot of things, like, you know, well, I did things that, that I did. But if I would have been close to my dad, like, growing up as, like, gay and, like, coming out to him, I feel like I would have been, like, more, a little more easy and a little more understanding of life. But I helped, like I lost so much, helped so many things that it carried on to my adult life, even my relationships. So I like I just always held things in, just held, held things back because it did it did that to me. Yeah. So I thought that was okay. To do. A quick question: Like, did y'all parents make y'all feel like they weren't human? Like, not that they were superhuman, but that they were the best yes. human. So then it's like you can't come to them for certain stuff because it's like, well, hell, you you think you perfect. And I'm supposed to think you're perfect, Sanctified so hell, can I come? I can't come to you for anything because 
clearly you're the perfect human being. So if I come to you with my imperfections, you're not going to understand. Because all you're telling me is this is how you're supposed to do it. But you're not telling me why the thing but, that looks shiny isn't actually shiny. As kids. Because my mom didn't make me think she was perfect, but she made me feel like I done did everything you, you could possibly do. So there's nothing you could do worse than me. And I'm just like, hey, Pete, if you only knew. Right. Like, <laughs> I kids, needed like, you to tell me the dirty. Because right. I done been through the dirt and I shouldn't even gone through this right, dirt. Like, but you want to look perfect. We never asked ourselves how they knew how bad it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they never opened up. Right. So let us know. That's so why it's like, you got to break never that. Ourselves, how do you guys know this shit is bad? Like, everything we done, because my, my, my auntie says now, to this day, she always says, I've been there, got the t-shirt, been to the concert. Meaning, Hello. I've been through there, I've done that shit, it ain't working. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, so tell, like, why not tell me? Like, like what is it? they don't want to tell they dirt. Right. Because they don't want you to see they them don't. as an imperfect person. And That's why and I say and it's so crazy. has your and, parents made you feel perfect. And also, too, back to what you said perfect. earlier about yeah. the kids as uh, how they grow up being the same as their parents because they're not open. Like, they're telling me that he was like, well, some people in my family, in my family had, I had to learn, like, to be their, like, uh, security blanket, basically. Mm-hmm. So they can come to me and talk to me because without that, you know, they can be just asking their dumbass friends, hey, you know what I'm saying? All yeah. kind of crazy shit. So I, I had to learn just to keep, keep my mouth closed and just talk to them, whatever. And then, like, ever since then, like, things have changed. Like, I've seen the change in the people that, you know, I'm talking to a lot. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, damn, they're like, he was right. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it just goes to like breaking, like uh, TQ said, if, if you don't have kids, break with break, break somebody else's kids because clearly mm-hmm. their parents aren't doing it because they're ashamed of their parents. Right. Don't and be ashamed. I have a lot of points that you guys touched on that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, the first one was Carl's point where he talked about um, knowing who you're going to marry and the family that you're going to marry into. Yes, that is big. Um, big. I think the most humbling experience for me in my marriage is Moses telling me that I act just like my mom and that I'm a bulldog when I get mad and things don't go my way. Mm -hmm. And I can remember from as far as I was a little kid just trying to always be different than my mom and my dad about how I handle situations Mm -hmm. and not knowing that I'm the same person as them. Like, most can do something and I'm just gonna go to motherfucker off because that's all I've seen. But I've told myself, I don't act like my mom, Mm -hmm. I don't act like her. I don't go off. I don't beat niggas up. I don't do that. Because you're probably just a milder version, but the same person. Yes. And then, like, like you said about being able to come and talk to your parents, like, y'all know, like, I've talked to my mom all the time. Like, <laughs> we have a great relationship, but there are things that I still have not to this day told her, and she's probably going to figure this out today after she listens, but I don't mind sharing this. Hey, mother like, dear. Like when I was bad body, <laughs> bad body. Yeah, good body. Go ahead. When I was 18 years old, I got raped, and I never told my mom about this because I didn't know how to come to her and talk to her about this experience because she's never told me anything about sex. We never had a conversation about sex. Me neither. I was just told never don't do it. Had a conversation about my dad with sex. The first time, I remember. It was very awkward. This man said, we were watching The Karate Kid, and my cousin said, Lil Will Smith getting some Asian booty. And my dad turned and looked at me and said, 
You getting some booty? And I was like, that is so dad. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting older. No, that is so, so strange. I mean, man. I was in middle school, so at that time I wasn't right. doing anything. But I was like, no, like that's the first thing you say to me. And then as I, like I tell these high, like my high school, because y'all know I teach high school. I tell them they're so protective with their phone because I coach track, and I'm like, you can't run with your phone. Just give me your phone. And they think that I'm gonna go through their phone. I'm like, listen, trust me, you ain't got nothing I want to see. Right. And I just be like. You don't really know what sex is until you're an adult. Like, you think you're going to have sex in high school. Okay, you may have sex. You think you're having sex in college. Okay, that's sex. But until you become after 21, okay. where you know what what spot you like and how that person do it, make you feel, you don't know what sex is. But your parents don't teach you that. They don't. And so it's like you feel guilty for a lot of things. Like, for the longest time, I felt so guilty about what happened to me that I was like, I, that was my fault. Like, did I really get raped because I enjoyed it? Like, if some, some of that felt good, but it wasn't what I wanted, but it felt good in that moment. So like, mm. it was a lot of emotions that I dealt with. And I see that happening with my brother and my sister. They don't know how to come to my parents, so they come to me. And then my sister, she's very, she's in her own league of her own. Like she'll tell me certain things because she doesn't know what she can say and what she can't say. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our parents created this. Right. And I feel like our parents create this environment where you only have to be perfect. Yeah. You have to be perfect. And I felt like that for the longest time because my parents got divorced when I was in elementary school and my mom was a single parent and my dad really wasn't really helping out as much as he should. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to mess up. Yeah. And my sister didn't want to mess up. And so we just did. Yeah. Whatever my mama said, we did it. To avoid getting the spanking, we did it. Yeah. And I lost out on having a childhood. Yeah. And she'll acknowledge that. She'll say, yeah, you really didn't get to enjoy your childhood. And, like, I remember the first time I told her that it upset her. She was like, if you could rate your childhood from 1 to 10, what would you rate? And I said a 5. And I said, because it was a certain point where I remember having so much fun. And then after that certain point, I remember I had to be this person where I could not afford to make mistakes. I could not afford to fuck up. I couldn't afford that because you would get pissed off. And now as adults, we talk about this and like relationships being the same, like Carl said. Me and I don't have a lot lot in common when it comes to relationships because how I act to Moses is how she acts to my stepdad. And a lot of that does not sit right with me. I mean, I I am big on picking up the things that I did wrong. But at the same time, I'll be like, Just self reflecting. Fuck that! I did not do nothing wrong. And it's just a learning experience. And I feel like when I have children, when me and Moses have children, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that I don't want to repeat. And. One of those things is, I want my kid to come to me with the security of knowing that I'm not yes. going to tell their uncle, their auntie, what the fuck they did. Yeah. Like, what you tell to me is what you tell to me. I'm going to correct you. We're going to talk shit. about it. You want to ask me if I did some things in my life? Look, baby, I'm going to tell you everything. And if you go and tell your friends, I'm going to fuck you the fuck up. Right. We're going to talk about it. And I didn't have that with my mom. My mom didn't tell me that she did certain things until I was well into my adulthood. And I was like, well, sis, baby girl, do you know what I did at college? Right. You late. Right. I was wild. Right. And so it's like, it's different. 
It it's is. like when you re- when you grow up in that and you realize, okay, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. That is wrong. That's horrible. Why would you do that to your kids? Why would you put your kid in that situation? It's like, why would y'all go through generations of treating this? And then it makes me. It thinks like you said about Cicely Tyson. My great grandmother passed away when she was 96 old, and you you came to the funeral with me a couple of years ago. Yeah. So it's like. When Moses was like, oh my God, 2021 starting off so bad. Cicely Tyson had passed away. I said, Moses, she was 96. She lived a full life. She lived a full life. She did everything that God put her. I feel like people do not die. Even if you pass away at one year old. Even if you pass away at one month. Even if you pass away at one day. You do not pass away until God decides that you did what you were brought here to do. You could have been brought here to bring... Closure, you and your father back together and then that was that was all that you were destined to do or you could have been coming here destined to bring the world together and that was all you're supposed to do or maybe all you're supposed to do was make sure make your mom feel love again like everyone is brought here for a purpose now the purpose is not for man to know yeah. that's not what it's for god brings you here for a purpose and you do not leave until you have accomplished his goal so no one ever passes too young. No one passes too late. Everyone passes on time. It might not be on your time in the flesh, but it's on God's time because they did what God sent them here to do. What our job is to do is to figure out what that, what, it, how we take, use that information and move forward. It's not our job to sit here and be like, okay, so what did God send you to do? No, it's our job to be like, okay. This is their life, and how do I move forward with the information that their life brought to me? That saying that, Leah, that um, just then, like, just really like opening a lot. Yeah. Because I, I have been feeling crazy for a minute. My grandma, my grandma passed yeah. August fifth of last year, and I was like, I was like, she was on like seventy six. Mm-hmm. Like she had like twenty years to go. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. why she had to go, but then I was like, she did her duty. Like you know, she raised all her grand, her she raised all six of her kids. All her grandkids, you know what I'm saying? We were out, we were doing what we wanted to do. And just sitting here thinking, like, she did everything for me. Mm-hmm. She set me up, even after she passed. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, I, like, I just appreciate her, like, yeah. you know, like I said, never, never too early, never too late, never too young, or whatever. But it's just, like, that's really some real shit. Because I it was is. like, I never thought about that. Like, she came to do what she had to do. But I would, I just wanted her to be here. Because everybody else, like, that I know in my family, like, gets, like, 90-something. Yeah. It's like why she had to, like why she the first one to go like at 70, 76, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, it's not fair. But I'm like, she done everything for me that I needed for her to be because growing up I didn't have my dad in my life till I was thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. My mom passed when I was four. At four years old, my grandma took me over as her kid, like as her own son. So it was like she already raised me and did what she had to do. I was out, I was grown. So I thank God for these years I had after I left um my turn eighteen and left and I'm twenty seven when I was twenty six. I enjoyed it. Like she did everything for me, so that's another curtain we can uh, break too. It's yeah. just like probably like the the inheritance, like just living and like live, being humble, you know. Because she was like never would have known, you know what I'm saying? Never would have known. Granny was loaded, you know what I'm saying? It was a trip. So, granny, grandma loves city girls now. Motherfucker, <laughs> okay. Fun fact, say what? City girls came on, and it was like real, real last bitch. Yeah. Granny said. 
Motherfucker say what? God the curse out of twerking. I said, okay, that's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's like it's like 74, like twerking in the year. I'm like, this like this is what life is about. It matter how, how old you are, just like do that shit, like you know what I'm saying? Like like telling me like I was much young. I I, I still got it. I can still down, I may be old, but yeah. I know what you do. I, I do the same thing too, girl. So you know, so I'm like, that right there is just like heaven to me. So memes like that and like just the black piercing just Looking back over there is just like awesome. Yeah, because my great grandmother passed a couple of weeks ago, mm. and um, she was it was later in her life, and I know a lot of people were sad, but I I learned from her death because I'm single right now. I learned that she she had a boyfriend later in life. She got she got a boyfriend like when she was in her 80s, and she's loud and rambunctious and just she is who she is and. She gonna laugh loud. She gonna dance if she wanna dance. She gonna say what she wanna say. Mm-hmm. And from her life, I learned that one is never too late to find love. So then that oh. made me take away the pressure of being in love. You know how you know they say, oh, you need to be married by thirty. You need to have kids by thirty-five. Or and it's like for me, when she passed away, I started reflecting on her life, and I was like, I don't have to have an age for anything. When it happens, it happens. And you know, she also taught me that. I'm going to find somebody that's going to love 100% of me. And I don't have to compromise anything about me because she was 100% who she was. And she's like, honey, and I'm 80 by now, so either you're going to take me or you're not. And he was that he even came to her funeral. Like, that's love. Like, the, and, and it, it just, it, I just learned so much from from just that moment, just think, looking at her life. And I'm like, wow, like. I wish I would have been able to talk to her and have those conversations about love and about life and just to learn because a lot of the times we don't even, I think sometimes we don't even give our grandparents a chance because we see them as this, this one type of person. And it's like, no, they're still a multifaceted person. They still used to be in their twenties. They still used to be in their thirties. Like you can, and I I think it just all goes back to relationships, which we're definitely going to have to have to have a, have a part two of this because we're gonna have to wrap it up in a minute but we're definitely gonna have to have a part two because the relationships and the dynamics of just black families have to be discussed because the things that we don't discuss is what hurt us the most Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm getting from all of us here is that we're learning from even the faults that our parents made or our grandparents made and we're learning from those but i also um last year is when I my eyes opened up and I never I never had this thought in my head and then it popped in my head and I was like my parents made mistakes because they were human and that's why I was asking you guys did you ever see your parents as superhuman not to say that they were perfect beings but it's like we judge our parents because because we see them as you were supposed to know you were supposed to know not to do this to me. You were supposed to know not to hurt me like this. You were supposed to know to protect me. But at the same time, our parents weren't given the tools to be parents. And looking at us and our ages reflecting against our parents' ages, a lot of our parents were, were young were young parents. Doing their best. So, and they had problems with their parents. So now I'm a young parent. I'm not listening to my mama. I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. And I'm doing the best that I can do because I am still a human. Because I can definitely say there is pain that I have held on to or that I did hold on to from my parents because I saw them as beings that were supposed to know better. Not realizing that you were 20 something years old trying to figure out how to be somebody's mama. You was 20 years old 
trying to figure out how to be somebody's daddy and you might not even had a daddy to figure it out and then you didn't have a woman to help you to try to figure it out because both of y'all was trying to figure it out together and you were just two human beings and when you give your parents some grace it lets you sit back and go okay I see how this could have happened but at the same time I think that in the black community, we have to start um, and normalizing has been a word on Twitter. It's been a hot word in the urban community, but we do have to start normalizing family therapy. Not just that you do need, I think you do have to face your demons. And I'm going to wrap it up, guys, because we're definitely going to have to do a part two for sure. Um, I but, we all have like a uh, absolutely, absolutely. But I definitely think um, that therapy as a family has to be normalized. For us to really break these generational curses slash normalizations that have happened in our families. Because a lot of stuff that we say, we've all been caveat against one another. So clearly it's something, we're all black here if y'all didn't know. So it's clearly something that's common <laughs> in our community that has to be addressed with the third party. And hey. Could you not tell by the scent of the <laughs> And it might be an argument. We might not want to talk to each other after Tuesday's session. But guess what? Next Tuesday, all of us need to show up again. Ready to figure this out. Another Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Listen, so we're going to end this off. I want to end it off with something positive. So I want everybody to say something that they have noticed in themselves that they've changed for the better that they think is going to start their personal intermediate families whether you have children or we don't i'm not sure um okay so none of us have children (laughs) so it's gonna what we're gonna start with our intermediate family even if we don't want kids whatever and our intermediate families what's something that you've already addressed that is going to start a pattern in your new life for me i've already started dealing with my demons so that way i don't pass any negative energy to my children I've already started facing my demons with my parents. I've already started facing my demons with myself. I've already started the love of who I am, the love of the type of love that I want to show, the type of love that I want to receive. So that way when I have a child, then I can show them the love that they should receive. I should show them what it means for somebody to be in love with you, what it means for someone to respect you, what it means for someone to hear you, because I'm practicing that right now. So what would you say, Rayel? Um... I would say I had a conversation with my stepdad what last year, and he read me, and it made me mad at first because I was like, "Who the fuck are you? Mm. Like, nigga, you not my daddy? Like, who the fuck?" Are you? Right. But he told me that <laughs> you sit around and you act like things don't bother you. Mm. You pretend to be this person who is unaffected by everything that goes on. You pretend to have it all together. You pretend to be perfect. But deep down, you really know who you are. Mm. And I think that's when I started to go on my self-care journey and realize who I was for myself. And I was like, oh shit, baby, I'm fucked up. Oh shit. (laughs) Uh Like, I'm a fucked up individual. But I think because of that experience, I've learned to like accept who I was and accept that these are my flaws that I need to work on. And I apologize that I shut the fuck up when I need to shut the fuck up. And I say things, 
and I say things Positive when notes. I mean them. Yes. And when I say them, I mean them with conviction. Yes. And so I, it's just been a, it's been a growing experience. It's been a learning experience. And there's things that I've learned as an adult that I want to make sure that my kids understand. And I'll never make them feel like how I felt as a kid. And not trying to say that I had a horrible childhood because my parents had me at 18, 19 years old. So I'll never sit here and say my parents did a horrible ass job. They did mm-hmm. the best they could, like you said. Yeah. But as I'm 25. Who knows when I'm going to have kids? I could be 30. Yeah. So it's like, I've had all this time to grow. I've had all this time to mature. I've had all this time to perfect who I am as a person and understand who I am as a person. So when I have a little one and they're looking up to me and they're going through life, I can tell them, hey, this is what I went through without feeling shame about what I went through. Like, yeah, I did that. I did a little drugs. I smoked a little too much. I drank a little. I drank a little too much. I may have said some things that I shouldn't have said. Right. (laughs) But that's it. Is what it is. And I will never. My parents always made me feel like I had to learn from their mistakes. But your mistakes are your own mistakes. Yes. And. Whatever decisions you make in your life, I'm gonna be here to support you. Now, baby, please don't be no axe murderer, mm. no serial killer. That is because something baby, I can't support you. No, no, that. But baby, I can support you through almost everything else. Right. Yeah. What would you say, Mo? It's something positive that you've already addressing yourself to pass. For me, is learn to accept love and letting go from mm. anger. Because uh, I have that was. For me, handled to a lot of things as a kid. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I was always an anger, angry person. Gotcha. Any and everything, I always thought somebody was out to like get me, so I had to get them first. Gotcha. Like ruining friendships, almost my relationship, like just doing dumb things that I just, as a kid growing up, I always had to a tough cookie, have a shell around me, uh, you know, just knowing, but had to realize that, well, I didn't realize, but he taught me. Derek taught me is just to accept a person that's going to love you. Yeah. You know, what happened in your past, because um, like Carl was saying earlier, things that happen, you know, when you're young, whatever, and you know, it's not addressed. I can't be angry at them forever. I can't be angry, you know, at me growing up without my mom or yeah. me growing up without my dad, because whatever they made, that's their decision. But like I learned earlier that my grandma was there for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. She did her purpose. So it was for like, I feel like it was just like for me, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. the only one that like took heed to her raising me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Her and my uncles, like only grandkids that, that took heed because my, my other uh, first cousins, they had, they had a mom and dad. I'm the only one that didn't have a mom. I just had a single dad, but dad, but it was there. So basically I just had my grandma. Yeah. But honestly, but, um, but for me, it's just accepting love and letting go. Um, because That's once you good to pass. once you accept love and learn like not just any any love like just like come friend to friend but like generally you know somebody generally cares about you mm-hmm. and you see it but you exit out because you're like scared to accept it that was me gotcha. I was like you know what I'm not gonna do this bullshit because I tried it with my dad he came in he went out he came in he went out he came in and so I'm like oh, I'm, I'm, fuck it I'm not gonna do it but you have to learn just to accept that shit let go of that hurt let go of that past. To this day, I mean, sometimes I still be angry, I still feel it, 
in me, mm-hmm. but I'm still working on it. So I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it. But yeah, no one's perfect. But that's good and good to pass yeah, on just that me. knowledge. Right. Exactly. So what would you say, Sir Carlton? Sir Carlton says that <laughs> working on right now, I'm working on self care. Okay. And I want to pass that on as well because a healthy everything, whether it be financial future, relationship future, work future. Everything starts within self because if you can know that you are secure within yourself, you can help others, you can be successful in everything. I'm right now working on being my best self so that I can give my best and be the best person that I can be. Absolutely. What would you say to you that you're going to, something that you're working on right now that you can pass on to your children or just to the next generation? Effective communication. Yes. We don't always effectively communicate with our family, with our moms, with our friends. And a lot of times that could be, you know, a problem. So just communicating your thoughts and feelings and just being real about how, how you are and who you are is what I'm pretty much working on right now. I think that is awesome. I think all the things that everyone said are very amazing and definitely working towards progress to break these generational curses and because we're black just making new black history in our family dynamics so we definitely appreciate y'all listening to this episode go ahead mo you want to sorry go ahead. one last thing and like and i know we keep saying like making black history but black black history isn't just about like what we know now it's just like a culture shock yeah to our own families you yeah. know just teaching them and learning them the small things that they can get in the park yeah Period. Dream big. Things. Yes. Dream big. Dream big. Even if you live in wherever, family is, is whoever, you know, you're feeling whatever. You dream big, you can do it. You can. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning into part one of creating your own black history. Stay tuned next week for part two. Because we're uh. coming back for part two. Because you know what? The conversation ain't over. It's not. Mm. It's not. And that's on who, y'all? Mary? <laughs> y'all, we need to have him on here. Listen, call But he may cost too much money. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much. We will catch you guys next week. Bye.